0: Very cool. Well, I just wanted to start this morning by sharing something that's really been on my heart quite heavily in the last month, and that's the Formula One. On. If you don't know what I'm meaning by the Formula One, I mean the car racing. The Formula One car racing. So hands up if you're a believer and you love the Formula One. Oh, we've got a minority here. So the Formula One is basically lots of really fast cars and they go round and round and round the track. They just they keep going round. and And then the fastest car wins. That's basically the whole story with the Formula One. And until very recently... I had no passion or love for the Formula One. In fact, I just thought it was ridiculous. But then what happened was my wonderful husband introduced me to a new Netflix series. It's called Drive to Survive. And it will blow your mind. Because what it does is it takes you behind the scenes of the Formula One and you get to know all the people that are in the cars and that's when it gets interesting because all of a sudden you care about the people you have a heart for the people, you find out who the driver is that's really humble and has come from not much money but has crawled their way up through the ranks and you find out about the drivers who are really arrogant and their dads just bought them a seat in the team and, and then there's all the tension between teammates and then you've got the lovely managers and you've got the managers who are swearing all the time and so it, get, it becomes really, really exciting and so so once I discovered the Formula One, and I want you guys to go home and watch, drive to survive, see what you think. But once I discovered it, the very first thing I wanted to do was go round to my best friend Gemma's house. This is Gemma here, right here. Stand up, Jim. This is Gemma. See her? Gemma is the most wonderful, amazing friend, so I went straight round there, and I started off with this passionate rant about the Formula One, I said, you've got to get on board with this, this is really amazing, this has enriched my life, now at the time, I actually saw Gemma's eyes, and they were just glazing over, okay, I don't think she was getting it, she was just staring through me, but her husband Andy, however, had a little glimmer in his eyes, And so I went home that night, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. There's a text on my phone, and it says in capitals, and I think we all know that's when someone's yelling, what have you done? And it was from Gemma. She's like, she went to bed at a reasonable hour that night, probably about nine o'clock, you know, parent o'clock. And Andy had crawled into bed at two o'clock in the morning because he'd become obsessed with the Formula One documentary and he was up all night. So she wasn't that pleased with me. And thankfully, there's only about 12 episodes. So you will get your life back quite quickly, but you need to get through them. But my point is that we always share the things that are enriching our lives. We share the things that are bringing us joy and excitement. I know that some of you guys probably have a shampoo that you love. That has revolutionised the body in your hair. And, and you probably show it to your friends or even buy them a bottle. Sam is very, very excited about his speakers. So if you come to our house, which most of you probably have for the big picture course, he will turn his speakers right up. And he's trying to get you passionate about the speakers and the sound as well. It's, I find it embarrassing, but, you know, it's his passion. Charlotte Buxton, if you spend any time with her, she's very passionate about cups of tea you will find yourself drinking an Earl Grey tea and at least pretending to enjoy it. (laughs) And, And I think that's what it's like with all the things that we love. We wanna share it. And so sharing our faith has just got to come from the same place. It's got to come from a place of joy. It's got to come from a place of passion. It's got to come from a place of excitement. Otherwise, I don't think we should be sharing it. We do not wanna be sharing out of obligation or out of fear. We share about God because we've experienced his love, his grace, his mercy, and we want other people to know the freedom that that brings. We share about Jesus because he's actually radically changed the way we live our life, and we want other people to know what it feels like to walk in the will of God and how good it feels in our soul. We share about the Holy Spirit because we've seen the fruit of the Spirit in our life, and we want that for the people that we love. I want to encourage you guys today to just normalise sharing your faith, normalise talking about God. So I've got a bunch of friends that are Christian, but I've also got a bunch of friends that are non-Christian. And when I'm with my non-Christian friends, they inevitably hear about God, they hear about church, they hear about Jesus. And that's not because I'm trying to convert them, it's actually because I'm just sharing about my life. So in a normal week, my normal weekly rhythms involve Jesus. There will be times where I will have had a prayer time or a quiet time or gone for a walk or gone to church, whatever it is. If they've asked me about my day, I'm going to share with them what I did. And that's a really lovely way that you can actually share your faith and you can start the conversation, start planting seeds. And what you find is some of your non-Christian friends will actually be really interested And it's not you pushing it on them, it's you telling them about what's happening in your life, just the same way you tell them what's happening with your kids, or tell them what's happening with your family, and what you'll find is they'll ask questions, and then God will breathe on it, and you'll be able to have an exciting conversation with them. You guys have all got a really cool opportunity this morning, because you're actually at church. And so what that means is when you start your week, someone will probably say to you, how was your weekend? And it's like a door wide open. You say, oh, it was great. I went to church. And then straight away, and and, and they might be like, oh, why would you go to church? And that is just the biggest gift because you can say, well, I'll tell you why. This is why I go because it feels good in my soul. It feels good in my spirit. And so many of my non-Christian friends are really encouraging of my faith They're not Christians, but they're encouraging of my faith because they can actually see that it brings me to life. And so I want to encourage you guys to use this window, this fact that you're at church now. If someone asks you, you can tell them. If you've discovered a new worship song or if you've read a scripture or if you've listened to a podcast and someone asks you how your day was, tell them about it. You might be really surprised about the conversations that will come from it. I think sometimes we make sharing our faith way more complicated than it needs to be. Years ago, I was studying at Bible college and I was working in a church and my grandfather was really sick. And so I was feeling really sad and I sat down with one of the pastors and I was feeling sad not just because my grandfather was sick, but because he didn't have an active faith and I really wanted to share my faith with him, but I wasn't sure how. And so I was talking to the pastor and I wasn't sure if I should share my testimony or whether I should share some of the stories of what Jesus has done, or whether I should talk about what it means to be a Christian. But this pastor said something so simple and so profound. He said, why don't you just ask to pray for him? And that is just so simple, I hadn't actually thought of it. And I thought, well, I can do that. And so I went to the hospital, and I would prayed beforehand because it had been sort of, weird with my grandpa for a while because he'd had Alzheimer's and he sometimes got angry and didn't respond very well so I'd sort of paved the way with prayer and then I just said to him I can see you're really sick and I would just love to pray for you and he responded in such a beautiful way and he said that he would love that and so I had this amazing opportunity to just pray with him Now, what I did was just invite God into the situation. That's all I did. It was that simple. So I could invite God into my grandpa's heart to bring peace. And I could invite him into my grandpa's body to bring healing. And I could invite him into my grandpa's mind to bring clarity. And I felt a real peace that God was not asking me to lead him through some sort of specific prayer, but rather God was just asking me to just invite him into the situation. And isn't that simple? Just invite him in. And I felt so, so grateful to that pastor. That was just such a simple and profound thing. And it actually changed the way that I operated. And it changes the way I operate to this day, because the easiest way to share your faith, I would say is just to pray for someone. Because what it does is it just invites God into the situation and then God starts doing stuff. And what's amazing is that pastor, I was so, so grateful I ended up marrying him. (laughs) And he's got other qualities, but it was actually Sam. He's got lots and lots of good things to say. That was just one of them. But you know, there's a verse, and this is one of my favourite verses, because I think it really empowers us. It's 1 Corinthians 3.7. It says, Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, only God that makes things grow. Isn't that cool? So we are called to plant, we are called to water, but it's God that makes things grow. So when we pray for someone and we just invite God in, what we're doing is we're trusting him with it, we're putting it in his hands. God's the one who can soften hearts. God's the one who can transform lives. And so that advice, just pray for him, it has led to so many wonderful, wonderful opportunities where I feel like God has brought people to me just so I could pray for them. And I have prayed for people in bunches of random places in parks, uh, on an aeroplane, they can't get away, <laughs> can they? In the school playground, in the mall, uh, in my non Christian dance class in the supermarket. Recently, a lady came up to me in the supermarket and this is normally how it happens. Someone will just tell me something random and I'll feel compassion for them and I'll just feel that stirring. You sort of feel that stirring in your chest and you're like, oh, I think I should pray for them. And you know, you do have to sort of take a step because yeah, it can be awkward, but you don't have to do it in a weird way. And so I was at the supermarket, a lady came up to me and she just said, oh, this is the second time I've been here today. And I said, oh, that's terrible, because I hate supermarket shopping. In fact, my husband and my mother do most of my supermarket shopping, because it's just one of my unbearable feelings. But so she said, yeah, she said to me, I've been here twice, because I've got Alzheimer's. And she said, my body's really strong, but my, my brain is just giving up. And I straight away just felt for her, it was awful. So I just said, I'm a Christian, I would love to pray for you. And she said that would be really great. And then I prayed. And I don't know if she's been healed. But what I do know is there was a moment and I just felt to be obedient and I just felt to pray for her. And also in all the years that I've prayed for people, people that I know and people I don't know, I have never, ever had one person say no. Never. And I think that's because people can genuinely tell if you care. And people actually love being cared for. And if you can pray for them in a really non-pushy and non-judgmental way, they're going to accept it and they're going to enjoy it. So I want to encourage you guys to take those opportunities when they come. We don't have to have all our theology sorted in order to pray for people and share our faith. I think one of our biggest fears is that someone's going to ask us something that we don't know the answer to. Well, guess what? I don't know the answer to so many things. There are full books of the Bible that I have barely got into, and Sam knows a lot, but he doesn't know everything. You know, that's not what's important. He really doesn't. I ask him questions all the time. He's got no idea. (laughs) What's important is that, you know, we can wrestle theology with people and we can have these robust conversations and people can argue with their theology. They can't argue with our experience. So if we've had an experience of God, they can't actually argue with that. And so if you feel scared about sharing your faith because you're new on the journey, then tell them about your experience. Tell them about what God's done in your life or in your heart and worry less about getting your theology right. Rob Bell has got this amazing analogy that I read years ago, but it sticks with me. And he talks about faith like a trampoline. So we're on the trampoline and we're bouncing up and down. We're on our faith journey with Jesus. And the springs of the trampoline are our theology. They're the things that we know about God and the things that we've learned, the things that God's revealed. Well, if some of the springs are missing, it doesn't matter. You can keep bouncing. You're not gonna fall through. You can keep bouncing. And not only can you keep bouncing, you can invite people to bounce with you. Okay, that's the fun part, because when you've got more than two on the trampoline, you can do double bounces, (laughs) and that's where the fun begins. So you can bounce, you can be on your faith journey, invite people along, and there's some stuff you've got no idea about, but don't let it stop you. My friend Fiona in Christchurch has been such a huge blessing to me, because we were running an alpha down in Christchurch, and... Fiona was one of the kindy mums, and our friends had our kids had become friends. And she wasn't a Christian. She knew I was because I had talked about God and church and Jesus, just little bits here and there. But I hadn't had a deep faith conversation with her. And we were running an alpha group, and I really wanted to invite her. But I really felt like, with her personality, she's very strong, that it would have to be something that came from her. And so I was sort of biding my time. I'd advertised the alpha. Very obviously at my dance class, and she came to the class, so she'd seen it, but she hadn't seen anything to me about it. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pray. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed. And for, for you guys that are praying for people right now, keep on paving the way with prayer. I prayed and prayed. And then randomly, she was at my house the day before the alpha started, and we weren't having a conversation about God. And then out of the blue, she said, Oh, I was kind of thinking I'd like to come to that alpha that you're running at your church. And my blood pressure shot through the roof. I was so excited but tried to act casual, as you do. And I just couldn't wait for her to leave so I could ring Sam and say, oh, my gosh, Fiona's coming to Elf. It was so exciting. And then it opened up this lovely... place where we could talk about our faith and where I could really share deeply with her. And so then I got to journey with her through Alpha. She became a Christian. She got baptised. And she's still early on in her Christian walk. But it was so exciting. And I really believe it was because I paved the ground with prayer There was a lot of prayer that went into it. And then what God does is he stirs a heart and then he gives you a little opportunity. And it's just about taking that opportunity, about having that courage to take the opportunity when it comes. You'll feel God stir something up in your heart and you find the more you take the opportunities, the easier the opportunities are when you get them. And the less scary they are. And all the things that you thought could go wrong and would happen, they don't happen. And it's amazing because back to the verse, it's only God that makes things grow. When we invite him in, he actually breathes on it and he does it. And it means it's liberating for us because we can take the pressure off ourselves. We don't have to do everything. But all we need to do is just be obedient, take the little opportunity, and God will do the rest. So if you're feeling really excited this morning because you want to share your faith and you want to pray for people and you want to talk to people about Jesus, then I just want to encourage you to pray a dangerous prayer and ask God to use you. Ask God to give you opportunities and you will find they come. And also, I want to encourage you this morning, if you're not in that place, if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling not particularly excited about God and about your faith, then don't even worry about sharing it. Take the pressure off yourself completely. Don't try and share your faith when it's coming from a really dry place. What you need is to experience more of God for yourself. What you need is to linger in his presence, get someone to pray for you. What you need is to just experience more of his love and goodness and grace before you have an opportunity to share it. So don't feel bad about it. Just take the pressure off yourself this morning. And I want to also encourage you guys that when you do find those moments to share your faith and pray for people, that's when journeying with Jesus gets really exciting. That's when we feel like we're on an adventure and it's not for the (laughs) weak-hearted.
1: Awesome. That's so encouraging. Thank you, Jen. Bold, day, eh? Whoa, man. As I keep saying, man, she comes back and tells me these stories. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, like, Jimmy Jesus, watch out. Like, Jesus' cousin or something. Going hard. It's awesome. Anyway, Bruce My, let's give Bruce a big hand. Bruce. Uh, been lovely getting to know Bruce over the last little while. Um, he's, his uh, testimony will go down in Bay Vineyard history, as he saddled up and walked into uh, walked into this church for the first time, and he's become a very him and his whole family become a very very loved part of our community. But also he's got a very a big passion for Murai Nui, where he uh, has been born and raised and lived, and um, and and we we're, we're growing in that passion as well. This man uh, is a radical evangelist in that place, where he's constantly just sharing the good news of Jesus, and so we're very proud of him. So Bruce. Bruce I'll hand over to you oh, more church I'd just like to you know thank you, Sam, for giving me this opportunity um, to share my faith you know um, who would have thought you know if someone would have told me Bruce, two thousand and sixteen, your life is going to totally change you 're going to be totally transformed and uh, you know and 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 um, god 's going to come into your life and um, he 's going to call you out you know and uh So, you know, I like to share my faith. I like to, you know, when I first started going out on stage, or when God first, you know, when he first spoke into me, you know, I I think my brother Andre Scudder over there, when I had come to the, you know, when I had come to the end of myself, when I had come to the end of myself, you know, um, you know, I believe God, he he really had this um, plan for me. You know, for me, uh, if I didn't come to the end of myself, if my sister didn't give me the Bible and um, and if Andre didn't show up on my doorstep, I don't think I would be here right now, whānau. I, I believe I wouldn't be here. I don't believe I would be here. And, um, you know, the transformation, you know, there's a scripture in there that I talk about. Um, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And um, the Bible has helped me with that. It has, um, I realised that... Um, you know, I was still battling. I was still there were all these battles going on in my life. And um when Andres wrote that um with the verse to me, um, Jeremiah one verse five, it just um all these lights just started switching on. You know, I was on this journey already before that, um, trying to um do good in my life, I was trying to make changes, but I was always falling short. I just couldn't get to that. I just couldn't get to that place. I would always just get there and I was just like It'll fall away, and um, yeah, and um, and that's what it was, you know. And that's what happened, you know. And um, so, you know, oh, even coming up here today, Fano, you know, it's it's taken. It takes a lot of courage to get up here and, and to speak about your faith. But if faith has taken me a long way, you know. Um, I was after Andre had spoken the word into my life, you know, it just started resonating with me and. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and so I started reading the Bible more and, and I got into the Bible, you know, and, and I just, and the verses in, in there that just, um, that just hit me real hard. You know, what the Bible did for me, it, it exposed me, it, it um, exposed me for who I really was, you know, it exposed me for who I really was. And, um, you know, and I realized why most people don't like the Bible because it, it talks about the truth. You know it talks about the truth, and some of us are the truth is, is hard to face it's hard to face you know and um and that's what the bible you know it's helped me with that it's 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 explained to me um who i am and um and and what why why I'm the way I was you know, and I realized i was there was a big battle going on um with me you know between the flesh and the spirit and um you know, and that's why I thank God, you know, and Lord Jesus Christ that um he gave me his word, that he spoke into my heart, because it was that there that separated the spirit and, and my flesh, you know, and, and God was able to come into my life and um flow right through to me, you know. And um my my personal relationship with Christ is the most important thing in my life. Now it is it is because um without Christ in my life, mate, I would always um yeah. Yeah, I've tried doing it my way, whānau. I've tried, you know, 30-odd years. Over 30 years, I've tried doing it my way. But, um, you know, I come to the end of myself. People ask me, what What does that look like, Bruce? And I tell them I was spent, broken, borrowed. My heart was full of sorrow. Uh, I was bankrupt morally, spiritually and financially. Man, I was damaged goods. This world didn't want me. But God goes, Bruce, I pay full price for you. I paid full price for you, you know. I'm not worried about what's on the inside or what's on the outside of you. I don't care about that. It's that seed that I planted in you, that spirit, you know. And God says, you know, this, you know the spirit that he's planted within me is greater than the spirit that's in the world, you know. And, um, and it's this holy Bible. It's this Bible, you know. For me, without faith, you know, I, did, you know, I know God has saved me by grace, but without faith— there's no salvation. Without salvation, I believe there's no Jesus. And, um, man, I couldn't live with that. I couldn't live with that. So it's my faith more than anything else and my belief that the Bible works, that Jesus is, is my Lord and my Savior. When Sam asks me, um, Bruce, would you get up and speak? You know, for me, any time that I can praise my king and glorify his name, you know, I take that opportunity. So I outreach in um, Marae Nui, and um, what led me to that stage, there was a stirring going on in me. And, uh, yeah, it was just like this flame that he had lit in me, and I, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't contain it, whānau. I just couldn't contain it. And um, so I was walking down the shops, and I see my cousin there. He's not here today, but um, he was on the stage. He was on the stage, and um, he was cheering, and I was going, wow, he's a crazy fella. He's a pretty crazy fella. Look at him. He's out there. And uh, so I so I sat down there, and I started listening to my cousin. And then he comes up to me, and he goes, Bruce, would you battle for your community? And I was only still young, you know, And the word then. And I was going, oh, I don't know, cousin. It's a bit <laughs> ivy. And he goes, what about your children? And I go, oh, that's 50-50. <laughs> you know? And he goes, what about your muckles? And I go, where do I sign up, cousin? Where do I sign up? And he goes, on the stage. And I went, eh? On the, you mean I'm going to have to? And he goes, yes, cousin, you're going to have to. And, uh, you know, so I did. You know, and uh, I grabbed the microphone off him. You know and you know i I used to have bad start whānau, you know, and it, it hounded and pursued me um for 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 years and uh you know, and I was telling my cousin this, and he and he goes, "No cousin, this is where it starts, you know, um so I grabbed the microphone off him, and uh I said these words, you know, if you feel you've come to the end of yourself and you seek wise counseling, look up to the heavens and call out his name." And I, and I was going, where did that come from, Bruce? <laughs> where did that come from? You know, where did that come from, man? Eh? <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know for, and, and, and I chucked the microphone, you know, I was, I was scared as. And um, I put the microphone down, and I'm like, oh, cuz that was, you know. And, but at the same time, I was going, you did it, Bruce. <laughs> you did it, you know. And it was that there, you know, that stepping out in faith. And it's like, because orcharding, I have an orcharding background, and, and, and I know fruit, and I know the flavor of it, but this fruit, when I go up on stage and I, and I let my faith take it's a fruit that um, I've, I just want to keep eating, whānau. It's a fruit that I just want to keep eating. You know? Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, Bruce, why did you give your heart to Jesus? And I go, well, it's all about the evidence, whānau. It's about the evidence of what he's done in my life, you know. I come from a um, colourful background, you know. <laughs> just to put it in a nice way, whānau. I know, you know, uh, come from a colourful background, and uh, you know, I, you know, and you know, and um, I never thought I was worthy enough for anything, you know. The world had had um, cancelled me out, you know, and um, damaged goods. But Jesus said, "I paid full price for you, Bruce." You know, in the book of Ephesians, he talks about it as well. He goes, before him and the world was formed, I loved you. I knew your name. You know, and these sort of things, you know, for me, just, you know, I've, you know, I've got to believe in it. My faith in which I do, whānau, I believe in everything this Bible tells me. I believe everything on um, what Jesus Christ stands for. I stand on the stage and I send the radical message of the love of Jesus Christ. You know, because it's that love that our you know, and in a world where there's very little love, you know, um, you know, um, it's yeah, with a world where there's very little love, Father, you know, I'm just honoured, you know, to be um, to be in His presence and to be glorifying His name and to be sharing um, the testimony, my testimony, and what has Christ has done in my life. You know, I'm living in a community where um, there's a lot of darkness happening. But um, to be that light, you know, to be that little hope, to be, you know, I stand on that stage, um, outreaching, and you know, I knew I was going to get um, people who were going to come up and condemn me, and all this stuff was going to happen because of my past, you know. But um, you know, but I, I, but I committed to this, and um, I I didn't really care what people were going to say about me, but I knew I was onto something good, and I just I just wanted to keep working with it you know, so I stayed on the stage and uh, a lot of people would come up to me and go, what are you doing up there, Bruce? And know, get back down here. We have something here for you. You know, and they, you know, we had these little hand signals. You know, whānau, I had a 14-year methamphetamine habit. You know, yeah, I, I literally opened the gateway to chaos to come into my house. And, uh, you know, 2016, you know, I've been clean since then. You know, and... Um, And you, know, and, you know, and that's why I love Jesus, because of that, you know. These things he just took away, he just ripped those layers apart. You know, the Bible exposed me. The truth, you know, the truth hurts, but it's got to be told. It's got to be told to have freedom, you know, to freedom from all your lies. We call it Friars lies and alibis, you know. You've got to have freedom, you know, and that's what the Bible has taught me, you know. I'm a work in progress whānau but I earn as I learn, and I earn on the job, you know, and I learn on the job, you know, and that's been me. i have been more of a practical person. I'm not really a theologian person. I don't, you know, because I believe um, you can study all you like, but if you don't action any, anything, um, nothing's going to happen, whānau. So I take more of that step, you know. I like to action everything first, and then I read the Bible, and then I go... Hey, I've already done that. I'm doing that, <laughs> you know. And um, that's how you know. Uh, and that's how I keep that flame burning, you know, by stepping out in faith first. You know, by stepping out in faith, and then I read the Bible, and you go, Oh man, I've done that. I'm doing that, you know. And and that's you know. And I have a personal relationship with Christ, it's a beautiful one, where we're, you know, we're just like brothers, we, we just get on so well, you know, he has his best, in, you know, he's like my coach, and and any coach has their um, best interest in you, you know, their job is, is to train you, to get you up to speed, you know, so you can be a contender, and um, I'm glad I'm a contender in this fight, you know, in this battle that's going on, you know, I'm just glad, you know, and, and I'm not a pretender. I'm not a spectator just standing back and letting it happen, you know. And that's what faith, you know, I know I've been saved by grace, but without faith, you know, I have nothing. I have nothing, you know, I'm just blowing my own ring, you know. So, you know, faith in Jesus Christ, people, is a beautiful thing. It's helped me be the person I am now. I'm still on this journey, you know, I'm still on this journey, I'm, you know, but it's a beautiful journey, I said, I walked the narrow road Fano, because I tried the broad road and, uh, man, that was terrible. That didn't work at all. You know, so I've been on this narrow road since 2016 and, um, you know, I tell people I'm on 24-7 lockdown with the Lord because of my flesh, you know, sometimes it wants to go that way but lucky the spirit in me pulls it back in. Come back here, we <laughs> come back here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's the beautiful thing of, you know, when you, when you live by faith, you know, yeah, like, like I say, you know, I always step out first and then I get to read the Bible and I don't realize the things I'm already doing, you know. And it's that very thing that fuels me, that keeps that flame burning, that gets me up on that stage every time, you know. And, and to, you know, and to reach out to the people because, um, you know, the people, you know, to, to be a witness for Christ – you know and 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 people who see me they go man you know Bruce you've done a lot of bad things you know you've done a lot of stuff in your life and um you know but it takes a lot of courage to get up there and and to tell people um, all the wrongs you've done and for me I had to go that way I had to tell people that, because they would call me out they go Bruce now nah, you were you were you know so you know being up on that stage, um, um pouring my heart out, you know, um telling my testimony and telling it how it is, you know. But I couldn't have done it with, with, without um the Holy Bible, you know. It re-educated me, you know, it gave me um words where I could um use um in my testimony where I had a, a terrible vocab whānau. it was terrible. We we call it hoary, but uh so yeah. <laughs> And and, and it was hard to digest that sort of language. So um, you know, God has he has re-educated me. He taught me to fish again, so I never go hungry. You know, he you know he's ploughed out the pests and diseases that were hounding and pursuing my um my my life and my bloodline. You know, we have a saying: what well, runs through the father runs through the children until it run into me. You know, and. Um, you know, I can stop that bloodline curse that's been hounding and pursuing my bloodline. When Sam gave a sermon last week and uh, he talked about his grandfather and how he was that, um, he stood in the gap and, uh, you know, and it's the same thing. I want to be that person too. I want to be that person. Just, uh, we do, um, we'll, have, we'll get you to pray for the-